Okay, man, we're recording. How you doing, Brandon? Good. How you doing, Rudy? I'm doing wonderful. You uh, just get off work? Yes, sir. I picked up. Uh, I'm watching dog sitting right now, so I'm watching some Frenchies. Nice. Doing those, uh, the being the good boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Scoring brownie points for hunting season. You you know, that's one thing uh, a lot of uh, people don't understand is, uh, you know, when you're single and then when you have a significant other or get married, we have to do a lot of extra stuff to make sure we get to continue doing archery and continue hunting. Oh, exactly. <laughs> well, cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, I've, uh, I've known you for a long time and, you know, we, we've talked a lot over the years and we never really like got to like sit down and, you know, d- talk some, you know, archery stuff. Cause we've always been, you know, in competition together and, um, um, you know, when we're not in competition together, we're usually like goofing off and not talking, uh, serious archery stuff. So, um, but you've been one of the probably top shooters in, in California for the, for the longest time. And I want to say that you're, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still the uh, reigning outlaw champion, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. How many how many outlaws have you won so far? Like uh, with the overall, team of it, or just the actual the outlaw championship? Outlaw championship. Oh, just once. Just one. I thought I thought you had uh, one two once before. No, so. I've come in second before. We were actually leading, but me and my partner didn't really know that, and we didn't go to Oregon, and we had actually tied for the lead, and because we weren't there for the shoot off, we got second. Okay, okay, I see. But it yeah. it still uh, did it did, according to the rules. Did it disqualify you from shooting with your partner again the following year? No, it didn't. It didn't. Okay. And this was uh, when you were shooting with your brother, right? No, that's when I was actually shooting with Billy Stokes. Okay. Yeah. I, the, I've only made the trip to Oregon once. Most time it just comes on a horrible weekend for me to try and make it up there. Yeah, the 4th of July weekend is pretty tough. Yeah. So um, for those of you like who don't know uh, Brandon Williamson, I mean, you you must you got to be living under a rock if you're local uh calif uh northern california shooter but um you've you've been how many years have you been a pro um, that i'm not even really sure i'd say probably um probably almost 10 years at least i'd say but i could be wrong but i'd say about 10 years okay and and currently right now you're you're shooting for prime yes sir and uh, how long have you been shooting with Prime? Mm, this is year six, I believe. Awesome. So, uh, what um, with uh, with COVID and everything this year, um, how how did that affect your um, your your plans for tournaments? Um, like, did you did you uh, plan? Did you give up a lot of events? Um, um, or are you planning on uh, next year coming, going to as many as you can? Um, with COVID, I mean, it definitely made it harder to go do anything still. I mean, I just enjoyed life more than anything this year. I took a few more vacations than I normally do and been hunting more. But um, 
I mean, yeah, I did skip a few tournaments, like with the Outlaws not really having a point deal. I only went to one shoot for that. And, I mean, there's a lot of these tournaments, once they change the weekends, like with Vegas made it tough. And so with work and everything, I sort of have to balance my vacation time. And we have a weird rule. We're only allowed to take so many days off between June and August also. So it's sort of, I just got to sort of, find a balance every year and it just made it tough this year with the dates for a lot of the tournaments yeah so um so we're in the past you've said you that you've always been um a really strong outdoor shooter um indoor has has that indoor not been your favorite or is that gonna all change here for you honestly like i've shot i used to shoot indoor really well and then I don't know if it's just a focus deal for me, but I do struggle indoors more now than I used to. Um, don't really know. I'm guessing it's just more of a mental thing for me, but yeah, I just honestly, for me, it's one of those things where it's just the repetition of just sitting there doing the same shot over and over. It just gets very boring for me. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like a field round. Those drive me nuts too. I'd rather just shoot, like our outdoor stuff, shoot two arrows and move on. I'm ready for the next target, something different. So, and just, yeah, I struggle with indoors, just getting bored. And I, I just lose my focus is what hurts me the most when I do shoot indoors. Do do you think it's a lack of competition or lack of events in Northern California? Uh, No, there's a lot of tournaments to go to. If you want to, it's just a lot of people don't understand how big California is. Like, I mean, I'm right in the middle, and it's literally like eight hours at least from each border from me, north or south, and even to the east almost. So it's we to travel across the the tournament turns into significant drive time sometimes. Yeah. What um what would you say like your favorite format is? Because I I know you've done really well at um at uh, doing the FIDA stuff, uh, going to the USAT events. I do like the elimination part of the FIDA events, the USAT stuff. Qualifying, that's one of those things where it's right up there in my list of things. It just takes a lot more focus than, like, to me than shooting because you're just shooting six arrows in a row at the same distance. It just takes a lot of focus. But I do like the eliminations, but I still prefer the orange dot stuff. For me, orange dots are something really easy for me to aim at. Yeah. But so so the you'd say safari is by far the king in your in your book. Oh yeah, safari slash like OPA type shoots like with the even with the little little orange spots and pink spots don't matter. Those well, I like those too. Like like uh same. Some people might not know the OPA format, but would would you say it's like very similar to the um, break the barrier shoot that we had this year? Yeah, break the barrier shoot or the shoot they used to have in Sacramento at the expo, that type shoot. Yes. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun and and uh, break the barriers actually after shooting those little tiny orange dots that kind of became my favorite. Um, I, I like that little dot. I'd like to see more of that out here. I don't know. How do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, especially it makes you have to really think your scope set up for one because how small the dots are you have to be able to see them clearly and 
for me, I have to use a clarifier, so I got to find the right combination of power yeah. lens plus clarifier to see everything clearly enough, especially at some of those longer distances, and especially with different lighting too. Yeah. How how do you uh, configure your scope? Like, what are you running? Uh, most of the time, I run like a six power with a number one clarifier. For me, um, I'm very like nearsighted, so distance is my I have trouble seeing, and that's a good combo for me. What um, do, are you running a dot or a fiber? Um, it depends what it is like. For like uh, Safari, I run a, a dot, but for like the break the barrier shoot, I run a fiber because of how small the spots are. Okay, and you're running like a nineteen thousands fiber or ten thousands fiber? Ten thousands. Ten thousands. Okay. What um, and are do you like to run like a pretty small scope? Yeah, I run a twenty nine millimeter, which. When they had it without the orange spots, I had a hard time seeing stuff. So if they did went back to that, I'd have to switch probably to a bigger scope and change my setup a little bit, somewhere I can make out the animal a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, uh, one thing, one thing, uh, like you've been notorious for, and um, I don't know if you either, I don't know if you embrace the title or it bothers you, but. Um, um, a lot of people like to refer to you as uh, as a as a puncher, or you shoot a thumb a thumb button, and you're like notorious for the punching. Um, I've even joked around and said, you know, Brandon used to punch before it was cool to punch. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't have a problem with it. I always people have a hard time giving it getting their release off. I'm like, I always just tell, just give it a little bit more thumb. It'll go off where you want it to. Yeah, and, and I've and I've watched you shoot. I don't. I mean, I I don't. I don't ever see you like just hammering on that thing, but you know, definitely there's some manipulation there with the thumb. How, how oh, yeah. do you, how do you approach that shot? I mean, I wrap my thumb around it. Like I'm not like, I don't know. My thumb doesn't travel a long ways to punch it. I wrap my finger around it, but when I want it to go, I, I give it some thumb and I, I let it go. So it's just, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't say I pull real hard, but I, I just when it's there, I give it just a little bit more pressure on the thumb, and it goes off. I don't. My trigger's pretty soft. It's pretty light. So yeah. So when when you when you say that it's there and you want it to go off, are when you're looking at the target, uh, are you focused more on the dot, or are you looking more at the pin? Um, I'd say like fifty fifty, more or less. Probably more of the actual. Or I'm comparing it to like my when I'm running a dot on the on my scope but more on the dot on the scope is what i look at i'd say more but okay and and uh are you looking for the right amount of movement in the dot or is it just like once once the pin seems to kind of sit there it's time you know it's full send um i mean honestly like before my find my pacemaker surgery like i used to hold like really well like sometimes it just sit there would not move like i just had to be really smooth with just getting the release off and it was money. And now I don't quite, I don't, don't hide, hold quite as well, like where it just doesn't move, but sometimes it still does that. But I'm just looking forward just to settle very small movements in the dots and go from there. Okay. Now, um, now growing up, like I know your dad is a shooter. Would Was um, your dad pretty instrumental in helping you 
um, get started in archery or is it something that you did first and then the rest of the family joined in? No, my dad had started before we did and we used to go as a family to shoots and I remember the old Martin like bobcats and bows like that we used to shoot, which were slow. We had our XX75 aluminum arrows that we were shooting and we had a good time as family as a family going to shoots even back then when I was 10, 12 years old and we always hunted. So that came first. Like I didn't start competitively shooting till I was just even like, I was, I think I was like 23 years old, maybe 24. And literally I found, grabbed one of my dad's old hunting bows. I literally bought a bunch of stuff on eBay and went to my first tournament that way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of random stuff thrown together and I, I shot very well and just slowly started upgrading my stuff and going from there. What what was the first event that you won? Uh, uh, so like an amateur, I want to say it was Woodlake. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, Woodlake or Fresno. I want to say. So what at one point in your um, when you were shooting as an amateur, um, did you decide that you wanted um, to shoot in the pro class? Um. I mean, some of like the local tournaments when you're going to, and I mean, I was, I'd say pretty consistently in the top two. And then when I was putting up scores better than some of the local pros that were actual pros, I was like, well, I could do this. And then I decided to go pro after that. To me, it was more or less just giving other people a chance in the amateur class to do well too. Okay. So you, you took that into consider, you took the, the um take other people into consideration approach as well yeah i'm not gonna sandbag like wendell souza <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I think next year he he said for next year for sure he said he's gonna um you know re re-up his pro uh card yeah so i mean like oh this year i honestly almost didn't re-up mine because i just didn't know how many tournaments i was gonna go to and I think I went to one NFA tournament. I went to Reading. I think that was the only NFA tournament I went to. So yeah, I think that was the that was um, the case for a lot of us in the working class. You know, it was a little bit difficult to uh, make all the events like we had in the past yeah. when they were more <laughs> spread out a little bit. You know. Yeah, and like the weekend they had Vegas just did not work for me and. Honestly, I hadn't shot indoors in probably over a year, so I wasn't about to go because I didn't think it was going to happen. So I um, didn't even worry. About although I will say this, though, your um, your reading partner, though, puts us all to shame, though. That guy goes to everything and yeah. works a full-time job. <laughs> and True, has but kids. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think he only works – he works four tens, I think, or something like that. So it makes it a little easier when you got three days off. But, I mean – me and Sean, like, we do a lot of the same sort of traveling. We're taking red-eye flights out at late at night, getting there in the morning of the practice day or the day of shooting just because, like I said, we work full-time, and then we have to conserve our vacation time to make it work to go to all the tournaments. So it's tough when you're spending almost two days traveling just for tournaments. Yeah, and, every- and you got to manage that vacation time for family time too. There's, there's yes. That, there's that aspect as well. Yes. What um, 
what what do you what are your goals for in the future with um with shooting? I mean, you you've always been like just I'm gonna say pretty dominating force in Northern California safari. Um, what what's is that? Is, do you just want to continue shooting safari, or do you plan to do more of the national events? I mean, just, I'm gonna have to really just look and see how the tournament schedule is for next year. I plan on going to Vegas and doing Redding. I know that, but it really just depends on, like I said, if they have an outlaw champion again next year, uh, what dates work. I mean, my outlaw partner, he's got a wife and kids, so and he, they run their dad, father's business. So I mean, it's tough for him to get away on some weekends too. So it's just. It's just, everything's just got to play out right. I'd like to go to all the outlaws, but it just dude, everything's got to work out right. Yeah. What about uh? What about a uh, um, USAT events? Do you have any of those in your? Um. Yeah. I mean, last year was the first real year that, or this year that I've missed Arizona Cup, but it was also the same weekend as Break the Barrier shoot. So I ended up choosing the Break the Barriers because I just one they just. I changed some things at work, so it made it tougher for me to go out of state at the time. And it just, they were the same weekend. And I mean, the Break the Barriers is a great shoot, and great people put it on. And I had a great time there. So I would, if they're on the same weekend again, I'm going to choose the Break the Barriers over the Arizona Cup. Yeah. yeah but that... I like SoCal. SoCal is a fun place to um, go to a tournament. There's a lot of stuff to go do in San Diego, baseball games, downtown, even in Arizona. I mean, we always, I mean, I remember going to Arizona a couple, and it was a week-long tournament. We were there for a week, and we'd go to hockey games, baseball games, and go downtown and whatnot. And it's not doesn't you're not there as long now, but we still have a good time there. So, like when I go, I want to have a good time too. I'm not just going there just to shoot. I'm gonna go enjoy myself. So yeah, what um that that's awesome, man. Like I I think sometimes uh like I know for me sometimes I've gotten a little bit too kind of wrapped up and just going for for just to shoot and have neglected uh you know exploring some of the local stuff um you know in the past so yeah you got to get your mind off shooting sometimes and just relax and let the brain reset so uh brandon uh i want to i was gonna maybe switch gears a little bit and talk to you a little bit more about equipment um what's your um target setup this year that you're running uh, i'm running the nexus six which um normally i run like a 39 or 40 inch axle axle bow and this one's 36 and it's been a long time since i've shot a bow that short but i was really pleasantly like happy with how that bow shot i wish i got to shoot it more but it shot really well i mean the for my score in reading didn't really reflect my at least how i should have shot i was i don't know if i was sick the first day but i was feeling horrible and shot horrible the first day the second two days i was happy with but um it's i'm really loving that bow i just i'm one of those people i have a hard time like going to practice because i just gotta entertain myself while i do it and i just i don't know for me it's just tough for me to go practice unless like i have a tournament coming up mm-hmm. then i'll practice and those time that just includes going and getting marks and shooting like half a field round or something real quick and then i call it good so yeah do you um so you 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 don't practice as much as other people do like for example like um i don't know if you listen to the uh, blake jerome's interview with wendell 
Um, and then I also did one with him as well. But like that guy is shooting twice a day sometimes. Um, you don't you don't subscribe to the mass of, of volume of shooting? No, I do not. Would you say? No. That, was there a point in time that you did? I mean, like when you first got into Target and you were, you know, getting better, uh, did you find yourself shooting a lot? For indoors, yes. Like outdoors, not so much. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, if I had someone to go shoot with every day, I'd probably go shoot more where I'd like, go shoot outside or something like that. But like I said, like my buddy that I shoot the outlaws with, he's got a wife and kids. So, like, if we go when it's outlaw season, if we go practice one day a week, that's a lot for us getting able to go do that sometimes. And especially getting off work at four or five o'clock and depending on the time, what time of the year it is, it's sometimes it's dark already. So, mm -hmm. so you, you, when you do practice, it sounds like you have to be very objective when you go to the range. It, I mean, it really just depends. Sometimes I just go and get sight marks. And as long as my marks line up, I call that practice. It just really just depends. As long as my marks are on most time, it's just, I got to do the rest of it. And yeah. Okay. Um, now w with your bow, um, you said you're running, you're shooting the Nexus. I'm, I'm trying not to say running. That's a habit. Like, so you got to slap me every time I say running, um, All right. <laughs> uh, on, on your, on your Nexus, what, what arrow rest are you, um, currently using? I've been using the spot hog swap for forever. And I mean, I'm still using the original ones they sent me when it first came out and never had a problem with any of them. So I just get new blades every now and then when they got too much rust on them for being on there for forever and switch the blade out. So but, when, you, when you set up a bow, um, you, how, how do you, how do you start? Like what's one of the first things you do? Um, I mean, first thing I'll pretty much throw, I'll set my draw length, get the holding weight close to where I want it, which I don't run a lot of holding weight to compared to some people. I mean, just depends on the bow and how it feels for me, but sometimes I'll be down at 11, 12 pounds sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but I mostly just look for draw length and comfort. And then I've been setting up bows long enough i just sort of eyeball everything else and then i'll go shoot it through paper and as long as long as it's a halfway decent tear i just go i run it i'd rather group better like i'll group tune more than anything if my groupings are horrible then i'll start i'll move some things around but yeah i don't walk back tune i don't bear shaft tune my arrows i'm shooting the same arrows i've been shooting for outdoors for the last like three years all of them have fletchings on them so i don't bear shaft them so do you um do you so you don't so you don't put like a whole lot of emphasis into the paper tuning you just no. want to make sure that it's good yeah i mean if it's close i might tinker with it a little bit but like i said i'd rather just group really well um yeah, I and most time once I set a bow up, I don't touch it unless I'm having something like a flyer or something I can't figure out. I'll set it and forget it. And like literally, I think the last couple of years, I'll maybe have to adjust my sight like two clicks, and that's it. And all year they'll just stay where they're at. Give it sometimes 
just depending on where you're at in the heat, I might have to take a couple clicks off either way, but that's about it. Yeah. What, um, when you said with your arrow setup, you're running, you, you've, uh, historically you've shot, um, I know you've shot carbon express. Um, are you, are you still shooting carbon express or are you shooting victories now? I'm shooting victories right now. And, and which victory shots are you running for outdoor? Um, oh man, what was I even using? I was shooting like a standard size, like hunting arrow for most of this outdoor season, just cause I shot uh socal with them and i shot break the barriers with them and it's just their um i can't even think of the arrow oh the rips the, you're shooting the like the five millimeter size shots right well no i'm hunting with the rips i'm shooting the one size bigger than what are they the vfs or um something like that uh i have some of the vxts that i've played around with too that i shot like in redding but okay uh, most of the year i shot the other oh man i think they're the vfs okay cool now now when you said that you just um you don't really do the bear shaft tuning um you just do the group tuning um when when you say you're group tuning are you just shooting for uh the arrows and then rotating your knocks and getting them to hit together and then calling it good or, or are you actually like um doing like micro adjustments to your to the blade rest Sometimes it's micro adjusting the blade rest just depends on, like I said, what it's doing. I mean, if it's shooting a good group out at 80, I'm not, not going to worry about Cause most of the time when I go shoot, I'm shooting, I'll shoot out at 80 yards. Most of the time that's where I practice. Okay. And I mean, sometimes it's micro adjustments, but most of the time it's just, like you said, just turning a knock every now and then. All right. Uh, and um, are you, what are you looking for in that? that makes you want to make an adjustment are you looking at just the uh do you have like kind of like a group size that you're that you're trying to go for um are you looking at the arrow flight or is it uh, it's a little bit of both i mean just more consistency and even sometimes like when you do make a bad shot making sure it's not way out if it's still catching it or whatnot on a bad or halfway decent shot then stuff like that yeah so one thing one thing also i wanted to ask you brandon um i I know sometimes wendell likes to like fanboy out on certain people over you know that that he looks up to or admires in in archery uh do you have anybody that that you kind of looked up to in archery that um kind of helped you shape the way that uh, your shot looks like or just someone that you follow that you really um, pay attention to? Um, I wouldn't really say that. I mean, my buddy Sean that I shoot Redding with, me and him pretty much started at the same time. We became friends right at the beginning when we both sort of started shooting pro. And we talk a lot and because especially we shoot from the same bow company. It's makes things easier like he'll try something say hey i really like this try this and we go back and forth with stuff like that um but other than that i wouldn't say there's someone that really like you said like look up to or anything like that i just i'm i don't know i just i just enjoy going and shooting my bow and hanging out with everyone so that's what i'm there to do so yeah so you, you get a lot of enjoyment of of um of going to the event and, and hanging out and seeing friends. 
Oh yeah. And, you know, doing our fair share of uh, archery talk while people are shooting and I don't know, playing with people's heads a little bit. You got to have a little mind game going on. Oh yeah. But, I'll, I'll say, I'll say uh, that you're definitely, you definitely like to uh, talk a lot of trash when you were out in the field. That's for sure. Oh, just sometimes. Just sometimes. <laughs> no, it's, it's all in good fun though. Um, now, no, I know you said you really don't have anybody that you looked up to, but um, when, when you when you were in your quest, when you, there was that transition from when you were amateur going into pro, there was like a, a period where maybe um, you didn't have all the information that you do now. Like, what what was your? How did you? Um, were did you get better and learn how to work on your bow through trial and error, or did you like seek out any information from like a coach or um, you know YouTube? Archery talk, Facebook, etc. Um, I just mostly trial and error. I mean, the guy at the local archery shop where I live in Jim Cox, he's sort of old school, but he has a lot of knowledge. So I'd pick his brains about stuff about the, the way they used to do it when he used to shoot competitively, and we'd I'd tinker with things because I used to spend a lot of time down there when I had more free time, and I'd tinker a lot more back then, but. Yeah, he showed me some stuff that just I would have never guessed to do on certain bows and just had never even heard of before. Because, like, I mean, you go on archery talk, half the people are just bashing each other. So uh, you can't really get much info out of that. And I mean, there's some different decent YouTube videos out there. But yeah, I just, I prefer just trial and error, see what right. works. Yeah, like those, that's kind of how like Alan. Uh, Alan's approach was when the, when we talked about Pat last, um, the, you know, he, he would just trial and error. Okay. So, you know, but, um, but then he said at one point he did seek out and got information from like Logan and Rio and they really helped him kind of get to the next level there. But, um, yeah. so one thing right now, um, some, a lot of the target guys out there don't realize that, you know, we've we've just had our A zone hunting season. Um, B zone just started, and then we're still in um, A zone rifle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. You spend a lot of time out in the field hunting. Yes. Um, what uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit of hunting here with you because I think um, wow. you spend a lot, I, you spend a lot of time in part of the state that nobody wants to hunt. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say before we go into hunting, like. Almost any pro you see or if you have a question to or talk to, they will answer your question 90% of the time. If you, hey, why are you doing that? Or, hey, I'm having this. Have you had that problem? They'll talk to you. So, like, people shouldn't be scared to go up and talk to someone. 90% of the people will give you a, give you their time and explain stuff to you more than you would think. Oh, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. That's for sure. Hands, any of these Jesse Broadwater, any of those guys, you go talk to them. They'll give you the information that if they have time and they're not like running to the line to go shoot, most of the time they'll give you the time of day to talk about whatever you want to talk about. If if someone has a question about something, so yeah, that, that's actually a good. Uh, glad that you brought that up because um, that's been my experience for sure. Like when I when I first got started on. Um, I, I was tr just trying to pick everyone's brain that I could that was, you know, within a, you know, 
six feet of me <laughs> at, you know, at, at any event that I was at. Um, but, um, but as far as like, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, organizations and stuff like that, the way that, um, a lot of these tournaments are set up, you, you can get put on a target with the Jesse Broadwater or Levi Morgan, at least in some of the safari type events. Yes. Um, um, at a USAT, what's going to be random, right? So you could be on a target next to Dan McCarthy. When, I don't think he does USAT, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the USAT stuff's all pretty random, as far as I know, about target assignments. So, yeah. So you, you've been around for a while, and, and you have a, I, I know you have a lot of good ideas, because I know we've talked about it, and I was hoping you might share some. We'll, we'll get back to the honey thing here in a minute, but... Um, you, you kind of got my head going another direction here, but, um, since, since we do do a lot of safari and we do a lot of, um, you know, I'm going to say field archery here in the West coast, do you have any, um, do you have any ideas on what, how do you think we could increase our numbers here in, in California, get more people into either outlaws or into field archery, uh, or into the clubs? I mean, Honestly, like, because I belong to the local club here, and getting involvement is for people even to volunteer to help. It's really tough just with everyone's schedules right now. Everyone's so busy, especially if you have kids doing stuff like that. So I think you got to make it a lot of family, more family oriented, I would say, for some things. But if you're looking for, like, on a money shoot for some more money teams, I mean, Break the Barriers has one of the best payouts for a team money event, and they don't get nearly enough teams there. And I honestly, I don't know if it's just because they're not near really a major airport or what the deal is for that, but they should be getting a lot more teams. And but they don't, it's a great tournament, and the payouts like pays out better than Reading does. So it's like, I don't understand why they're not getting more teams, yeah. Maybe it's the maybe it's the timing um, of having to make that decision between going to Arizona Cup or going to break the barrier. Yeah, it could be. And the the um, the sponsors. Well, I think I don't think all the sponsors, even though they pay more, um, until maybe the individual sponsors, you know, pay a contingency. Yeah, that could be it. Like I don't, I don't think there's any outside of Prime. I don't think there's um, any, like any of the bigger companies that are paying contingency if you go to break the barriers. No, yeah, I don't think any of them are to be honest. Okay, not not even Prime. No, not even Prime. Yeah, that that might be to what keeps the um, the pros from going to that event. But I think, uh, you know, I was also thinking like, what what does it take to get more, just regular attendance at some of these events. Um, I, I, I thought we've seen a pretty good increase in the outlaws. Um, you know, pre COVID, I thought we were doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I think just don't think they'll be competitive enough. So they don't want to go try it when honestly with the mulligan system, it makes it very competitive. Yeah. Like, uh, break the barriers Two amateurs together. won it, um, and I've seen that happen at the Outlaw Series, too. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just people got to, well, some people just don't even still want to travel right now. So it's just 
Yeah. Um, it's not cheap going to a tournament by the time you pay for your hotel, which most of the time you split with someone anyways, and then dinner and gas and everything. It's not cheap to travel to tournament. No, it's not. Um, so let me uh, go go back to your um, the hunting setup. You spend a lot of time down in uh, Hunter Liggett, correct? Yep, down in good old Hunter Liggett. And uh, do you also hunt Cottonwood as well, or is that just uh, Wendy down there? Well, uh, that's just Wendell. I don't go over Cottonwood. That's that's hot enough at Hunter Liggett. I ain't driving over there for that. Yeah. So you you spend a lot of time um, hunting here in, in California. Do you? Do you do any any uh, out of state hunting as well? Uh, a little bit. Just I've been putting in for some states for a couple of years now, getting my points up. But I went to Idaho last year and um, wasn't successful there. But it was first time in that unit, so I learned a little bit. And then now my brother moved there, so he's doing a little bit more. I guess looking around, trying to figure out where we should go for. I'm not going to go there this year, but I'm going to try and go next year. So. Oh, nice. Well, what would you say your where your priorities are right now? Is it in, in tournament archery or in hunt, more in the hunting side of things? For me, it's about 50-50. It just depends on the time of year. Like, even then, like, sometimes we're skipping, like, turkey hunting to go to tournaments and stuff like that in April. And it's just, I mean, it's give and take. It, to me, it's about 50-50. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, dude. I really appreciate um, your time today. Is there uh, anything that you want to say to everybody that that you've you've been thinking about, or anything, anything, any advice you think you could give to people that are looking to get better? Well, I'd say go practice because that's something I do very much of. But I'd say just practice, and like you said, I've never really worked with a coach, and I've seen coaches help a lot of people, so. Find yourself a good coach. I know, like you said, you're what a level three or four instructor. Uh, so finding yourself a coach. But yeah, I'm like you said, for me right now it's hunting season, so that's what's on my mind. So yeah, you, okay, yeah, one track mind. I, I get you. Um, I, I got a trip coming up uh, next month that I just can't get my head off of right now. So yeah, you got to make sure your your setups where you want it, and then. I've been checking trail cameras and I get hunter like it. A lot of people don't realize is that it's controlled by the military. So like you don't get to hunt the same zone every weekend. So it's separated into 30 zones and they only allow so many people in each zone. So you might get one zone one day and then another zone the next day. Cause you couldn't get into the one you wanted. So it makes the hunting a little tougher down there. But, it, but you've been doing it so long that you pretty much have pretty good experience in all the, you pretty much hunted all the zones at one point. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of those areas are just all like nasty buck brush, rifle country. So I don't really go into those areas too much. Even with it being rifle season here now, I still take my bow and go into go into some of the archery only areas. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool, man. Well, awesome, dude. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I will. Uh, I guess I'll talk to you later. And thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. If you ever want to do this again, let me know. I'm game. Sure will. Um, next time, we'll, Alan was supposed to co-host this time th- today, but um, at the last minute, he had to take care of some family stuff. So, um, but usually, um, Alan, Alan or Wendell will 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 have will have Alan or Wendell on, and we'll have a three-way conversation here. So, yeah, I'd be game for that. All right, bud. Thank you very much. Have a good one.
All right, you too, man. We'll see you. See you later.